message, uh, but uh, that is a great song, Rejoice in the Lord, and uh, I appreciate that. All right, uh, Hebrews chapter number 11 uh, is where we're going to be, and if I know we just stood a moment ago, but if you could stand one more time as we read these three verses. Um, going through this series, Living by Faith, and now we come to this, these three characters, these three men in the Bible that are highlighted here in this Hall of Faith, the, in the grandstand, the, the great cloud of witnesses, these three men are in that. And uh, here we are in verse number 20, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20, 21, and 22. The Bible says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Now, Lord, we again thank you for the wonderful time we've had together this, this evening. Um, Lord, I pray that uh, you would use now this message from your word to encourage and challenge us and, uh, Lord, perhaps even convict us. Um, I pray, Lord, if there's one here today that's not saved, that they would make that decision to trust Christ. And uh, for those who, uh, whatever the need is, Lord, I pray you'd meet it today. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. So last Sunday, uh, we started this message, and I basically got through verse 20. I do plan to get through 20 and 21, or 21 and 22 uh, tonight. Um, but uh, basically, each of these three individuals had faith, and their, their faith is highlighted by looking towards the future. And uh, just by way of review, uh, last Sunday I mentioned, first of all, uh, Isaac and how uh, what he was highlighted for is trusting God's word over feelings. Um, a lot of times our feelings don't always line up with the word of God, and when they don't, what are you going to trust? Um, a lot of times we're all tempted to trust our feelings instead of the word of God. But obviously, we know that uh, trusting the Word of God, there are uh, tremendous benefits and promises, but trusting our feelings many times actually uh, gets us into major trouble. And uh, if you just remember here, it says, verse number 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Uh, Isaac loved Esau and Rebekah loved Jacob, and uh, Isaac wanted... I think, wanted to really bless Esau and give him the special blessing. Well, that was not within the will of God, and that was not the word of God that came to Rebekah before they were born. And so he wanted, in his own feelings, to bless Esau, and so he set up this time and, uh, to send Esau out to go get some uh, venison and bring it back, and then um, Rebekah overheard it, and so she had Jacob deceive his dad, um, and uh, Isaac was blind, wouldn't, couldn't see very well, and uh, felt him and all that. We all know that particular story. Well, Esau gets back, and he goes, Dad, I'm here. I've got your venison, and it's exactly the way you like it, medium rare with some A1 sauce on it. Okay, how many A1 fans do we have in the house tonight? How many godly Christians do we have in the house tonight? Okay. <laughs> Um, good. How many can't stand A1 and need to get right with God? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Very good. Just wondering. Okay. 
So Esau, no doubt, had A1 sauce there. I'm sure that goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. I hope it does. Uh, but uh, he prepared that and brought it to Isaac and said, Dad, I'm here. I'm your firstborn. I'm ready for the blessing. And Isaac goes, wait a minute. What have we done? And uh, he realizes that he gave the blessing to Jacob, and it was too late. And uh, the Bible says he trembled exceedingly in uh, Genesis chapter number, um, I think, 28 or something like that. I don't have it listed right here, but uh, in this particular account, it says, and he trembled exceedingly, knowing that what happened is too late. And he really wanted to go back on the decision. But at that point, he realized, you know what? I'm going to go with God's word instead of my feelings. And uh, there are going to be a lot of times in our life where our feelings are going to be like, I really want to do this, but God's word says to do something different. Uh, What are we going to do? Well, hopefully by faith, we follow Isaac's example here and uh, make the decision to trust God's word over our feelings. And uh, we went through uh, that uh, quite a bit um, last time. But uh, let's jump here to verse number 21 and uh, go to the next one, and that is Jacob. And what is he highlighted for? He was highlighted for choosing to finish strong. And uh, the encouragement for us is to finish strong in our Christian race. Now, it is interesting to me that Jacob is highlighted in this chapter. Now, we know that God ended up changing his name to Israel. And now we have the nation of Israel. That's God's chosen people. That's the nation of Israel. Uh, Was named after this individual. But do you remember his start? how he started. Uh, he, he, he started as a uh, Mr. Deceiver, Mr. Schemer, Mr. Manipulator, Mr. Selfish, Mr. Trying to figure it out on his own instead of trusting God. How did he end up in Hebrews chapter number 11? Well, it says here in verse 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph. And at the end of it, it says, and worshiped leaning upon the top of his staff. Now, some of you may remember in the life of Jacob, there was an incident where he uh, was wrestling with God. Remember that? At the end of it, uh, the angel of the Lord, who I I think was the Lord Jesus himself, um, ended up messing up his hip. And uh, from that time on, he was never the same. He could never walk the same. And so he had a staff there that he had to lean on, and that was a constant reminder for him about what he can't figure it out on his own. He needs to depend upon the Lord. And he had a rough start, and uh, he wasn't exactly uh, Mr. Godly uh, example for the whole world. And yet God still chooses to bless him and uh, use him to be an encouragement to all of us, to do what? To finish strong. Now, here's the point. While, while Jacob did indeed have a checkered past and a roller coaster of faith sometimes, uh, most of the time down, he does end well. In verse 21, it says, While he was a dying, he blessed both the sons of Joseph. And when we went through the, the life of Joseph uh, on Sunday nights back in 2020, a year ago, uh, we, uh, we brought Brother, uh, Brother Scott Boubier was, uh, was Jacob. 
And then I was Joseph, and I had Seth and Luke up here, and, and we went through that whole incident uh, where I had uh, Seth is the older one, and I had Luke, and, and I would have done it if Seth and Luke were here tonight, but they decided to skip church, so uh, I, need to, I need to talk to them. No, we, we, know, we know where they're at. But anyway, uh, so he, he was like, okay, well, here's Manasseh. Uh, Manasseh is the older one, and Ephraim is the younger one. And, uh, and Joseph puts these two boys in front of Jacob so that he'll bless, he'll put his right hand of blessing on Manasseh, the older one, and his left hand, the lesser blessing, on Ephraim, the younger one. That's what everybody expected. But when, when Jacob, who again, his eyes were starting to fade and he couldn't really see all that well, he actually went like this, crossed his arms and said, I'm going to put my big blessing on the younger one, Ephraim, and the lesser blessing on Manasseh. Well, that was a sign of things to come because the, uh, the nation of Israel... The, the bigger tribe um, was known as Ephraim. He had the bigger blessing. So Jacob kind of knew what was happening, and God gave him that, that inkling. And then he worshiped, leaning upon his staff. He, he leaned upon his staff, indicating that I'm recognizing that I still need God. And uh, he, he had a good end, and I'm thankful for that. Now, this goes to show us, uh, brothers and sisters, that no matter what is in our past or how many skeletons are in our closets, we can and should strive to finish strong. Uh, we cannot be discouraged by what happened yesterday. We need to keep pressing forward uh, and uh, running our race that God has called us to run. Uh, Hebrews 12 and verse number 1 tells us that we are running the race set before us. Now, we may have been carrying around some weights and some sin that has beset us, uh, but uh, let's follow the example of Jacob here and be willing to lay those things aside now. Um, you say, well, Pastor, the truth is you, you don't really know what I did last week. You don't really know how much baggage I'm carrying right now. You can let it go now so that you can finish strong. That's what I'm trying to encourage you with tonight. Because look, the finish line is actually much closer than we realize. Now, the devil likes us to get to gets us to commit sin and rough patches in our lives, ultimately to discourage us from moving on. To say, "Well, I'm a failure. I, I'm just the worst Christian ever. So I should just quit all my ministries and I should just hang it all up, hang the cleats up, you know, for good." As a hockey 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 fan, I'm gonna hang the skates up for good. You know, I'm just going to quit going and talking to my coworkers because I'm just a hypocrite. This is de the devil's plan. And uh, for a while, the devil was pretty effective in the life of Jacob. But eventually, he said, you know what? I'm going to lay those things aside so that I can finish strong. Um, he wants, the devil does, wants to remind us of our past to discourage us for our future. And when that happens... Let's instead remind him of his future. Where is the devil's future? Uh, he gets to spend eternity in the lake of fire, which burneth with forever and ever. That's where he is going to go for all of eternity. So as he begins to remind you of your past, 
you should then remind him of his future. Say, devil, you just need to be quiet and uh, don't forget you're going to that horrible lake of fire and I don't have to. And he is last seen, Jacob is, worshiping, leaning on the top of his staff. As I mentioned, his staff was a constant reminder that he needed God. I, I like what one Bible scholar named C.H. McIntosh said about Jacob. And listen to this description. And uh, this makes a lot of sense, especially to us here in Oklahoma. He said, The close of Jacob's career stands in most pleasing contrast with all the previous scenes of his eventful history. It reminds of one of a serene evening after a temptuous day. The sun, which during the day had been hidden from the cloud or from view by clouds, mists, and fog, sets in majesty and brightness, gilding with his beams the western sky and holding out the cheering prospect of a bright tomorrow. Thus it is with our aged patriarch. The supplanting, the bargain-making, the cunning, the management, the shifting, the shuffling, the unbelieving selfish fears, all those dark clouds of nature and of earth seem to have passed away, and he comes forth in all the calm elevation of faith to bestow blessing and impart dignities in that holy skillfulness which communion with God can alone impart. Wow, those are great words, not ones that I would ever come up with. But uh, Brother McIntosh is correct. Uh, here in Oklahoma, we can have this huge, crazy storm that comes over us, and then a couple hours later, it's like this calm, like nothing ever happened, and the sun is shining, and it's like, wow, two, two months ago, or two hours ago, this was loco. I could barely drive. We've had several Sundays, even this year, where after church, it was just coming down, just pouring. And then like two hours later, it's like nothing. I mean, you could tell there was a little bit of rain, but I mean, the sky looks so nice and everything's all calm. That's Jacob. His life was a tremendous storm of craziness. And at the end, though, a calmness, a worshiping, leaning on his staff uh, because he chose to finish strong. Uh, this week, the 2020, I realize it's 2021 now, but the 2020 Summer Olympics began in Tokyo. But uh, there was something that uh, happened if we go back to, I guess, almost 50 years ago uh, to the 1972 Olympics in Munich, Germany. And there's a video I want us to watch tonight, and uh, this is... These guys aren't, aren't dressed as modest as I wish, wish they were, but they are running a race, and I want us to learn some lessons from it. So let's go ahead and watch this video at this time. This is an 800 meters final in the 1972 In America, the United States had a runner named David Wodel. And he is the guy in last place right now. He's not just in last place. He's way in last place. He's not even near the pack. But let's keep watching and see what ends up happening. Right up on the outside is Andy Carter, who's got such a positive and bold attitude towards the two-lap race. And right at the back is Dave Watt, who got left way, way behind. Still the two Kenyans with the Britain up there in front. And it's Uko now coming up to take it up. 
and Boyd holds the curve. Oko right alongside him. The Kenyans running shoulder to shoulder, making the rest go wide. Andy Carter there at the bell, 52.3 the time, a modest time in many ways. And Dieter from East Germany goes up the long way on the outside. It's still the Kenyans, Boyd so and Uko kind of lead. Pretty well now with the pack. Still in last place there. But not for long. This is the medal round. This is the medal race for this particular event. The guy with the hat. I do have a question. Why was he wearing a hat? But I don't think that that's allowed now. And coming up on the outside now is Uko, the Commonwealth champion. The European champion versus the Commonwealth champion. And Boyd is there and the American there. Now he's in fourth place. Coming down the stretch. And Wackel coming up the near side. What a finish this is. Arginoff buckling and Wackel coming through. And Wackel and Arginoff. And this guy comes all the way from way last place wearing a sweet hat. Wackel gave a sweet haircut. And look at the time. He beat him by, is that three one hundredths of a second? Coming from that far behind had kind of a rough start, didn't he? But guess what David Wood will do? He, he decided that he was going to finish strong and ended up getting the gold medal in that particular event. Now, I think there's a lot of Christians who are discouraged because they didn't start really well, and they're kind of, as others perhaps are, are going on and and uh, gaining ground, and they're kind of losing ground, and it just is so discouraging the thing is, is you're not competing against other people in the race that we're running. I think that the writer of Hebrews puts Jacob in here to encourage the believers in chapter 12 uh, as they're running the race to just don't worry about the past. Let's lay aside those weights. Let's lay aside those sins and finish strong. Uh, let's not let those things hinder us from running the race that God has given us. So again, tonight, you may be like David way back in the, you know, like, man, there's no way that I could finish strong. Uh, well, he was willing to say, you know what, I'm not out of it. And I watched another video, and I would encourage you to maybe later uh, look at it. But he, he said, boy, once he got to the pack, he was like, ooh, I'm with the pack again. And, uh, and then... As he gets to like fifth place or something, he's like, I'm going to, if, if I could just get to third place. And at the end, he's like, I'm just going to go for it. And see, he didn't, he didn't let others discourage him. He just kind of kept going strong. And I want to encourage all of us, uh, no matter what has happened in our past, to finish strong for the Lord Jesus Christ. I think of others in the Bible who maybe didn't have the best start ever. Uh, Peter, uh, one disciple there, he he talked a good game. Um, he um, was big and bold, as we mentioned this morning, but, uh, but he fell down there as he denied the Lord three times. And yet we know that he finished strong for the Lord. In fact, he was, uh, historians tell us that uh, he, was, he was martyred for Christ by being crucified, but he didn't want to be crucified right side up because he didn't want... Um, to, he didn't feel like he was worthy to be crucified right side up like Christ was, so he asked them to turn the cross upside down. And that's how Peter was crucified. That's how Peter died, and he finished strong for the Lord. 
Uh, John Mark, another individual, he started out okay. I mean, he was with the Apostle Paul and everything, and then things got a little tough as they went to Pamphylia. And John Mark, the Bible records, bailed and went back to Jerusalem. So he kind of fell to the back of the pack again. But what happened? Later, he finished strong, though, as Paul later labeled him profitable for the ministry. See, failure is not final, and uh, we need to finish strong. David also comes to mind as well as he committed a terrible sin of adultery with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah, and yet he finished strong because he was willing to put those things and lay those things down. So he finished strong, and Jacob did too. There's more we could say about it, but uh, let's move on to number three. And as we do that, I guess I do want to mention one more verse, Proverbs 24 and verse 16. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. So keep going and finish strong. Jacob did. And if Jacob can, so can you and I. Number three, Joseph, a last thought here, and that is focus on future deliverance. Verse 22 says, by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Now, I hope that in your mind you kind of have the, the, the setting there that uh, Israel, the children of Israel came to Egypt because of the great famine, and they ended up settling there for a while. And Joseph, he says, when he's dying, you're going to depart from uh, Egypt, and God's going to deliver you. And he talked about, hey, when you leave, please take my bones with you. Now, Joseph, if you remember, he was in, jo he was in Egypt, and he was second in command. So I guess he would be equivalent. I don't even want to say it. I'm not going to say it. The vice president of Egypt. I'll just say that. I'm not going to say any names because I don't want to liken uh, J Joseph to any specific people that are currently in that position. Okay, but he had quite a bit of power and he had quite a bit of influence and no doubt wealth, no doubt possessions and all the luxuries that you could imagine in Egypt. And Joseph had him at his uh, beck and call. And yet he wasn't so fixated on the here and now. He was fixated on what was going to happen down the road after he was gone. See, in spite of Joseph having all the splendor and luxuries of Egypt, he still looked forward to being with his people in their future glory and blessing. He kept his focus on their future deliverance from Egypt, which was actually about 400 years down the road. Now, here's the tie-in for us. Egypt is a picture or type of the world, is it not, in Scripture? Usually when you see Egypt, we can liken it in the Christian life to the world in which we live. And, uh, and at the moment, we are in our Egypt. We are in the world. No matter how much we don't like to be here or like to be here, the thing is, is we're not going to be here forever. See what I mean? That may be our alarm that's calling us out of here. Um, but we're not going to be in this world forever. One day, there's going to, we're going to be in glory as believers. Here's what Paul said about that in uh, the book of Corinthians. He said, but as it is written, 
Eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Thing is, folks, we're encouraged as we sang a little bit ago in the, in the service, this world is not our home. And that's what, that's what Joseph was thinking there as he was dying. Now, if I were the writer of Hebrews, which, again, praise the Lord, I'm not, I would have probably pointed to other things that Joseph did by faith. But instead, the writer of Hebrews chose to pinpoint and highlight and put the spotlight on Joseph's last action of thinking towards the future. Because we're called to run our race and we're looking unto Jesus, the fact that we're going to spend eternity with him, and we don't need to get so focused on this world and this life. Because this world is not our home. Uh, we're just a passing through. We're called in uh, Colossians chapter number 3 to set our affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And that's exactly what Joseph did. He was thinking about uh, what was going to happen way down the road. It is interesting as the, uh, uh, the book of the Bible opens and the book of Genesis opens with creation and um, all of that. And here's how it ends. The very last verse of uh, Genesis, I'm sorry, says this. So Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. So the book of Genesis ends with someone in a coffin. Now, the coffins in those days in Egypt were not buried. Notice this does not say he was buried. Because what happened those 400 years later, he was uh, taken back to the promised land and then buried there in Canaan. But for 400 years or so, his body lay above ground in a coffin as a constant reminder to the nation of Israel that was there in Egypt, that one day we're going we're gonna to leave this place called Egypt. And Christian, one day we are going to leave this place called the world. Um, now, it may be through death, but it, and it may be through the rapture. I'm, I'm hoping for the rapture. I'm, I'm hoping for the upper taker rather than the undertaker, right? Um, here or there in the air, I vote for in the air, you know? I, I, I would rather... That's, that's our big plan. My wife and I have talked about this. You know, we, we haven't really talked about, okay, well, if you die first, what's going to happen? Or if I die first, what's going to happen? We just say, we're going to go in the rapture. That's plan A. And there is no plan B. <laughs> um, now, there may be a plan B, but uh, we'll, we'll, we, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. But we really do desire not to, we, we desire to be out of this world through the rapture. That's our, that's our big plan. That's our, that's our retirement plan. And that's, uh, that's, you know, we don't want to have to go to each other's funeral. Uh, no one wants to do that. Uh, but that may not happen, of course. The thing is, is living our life with eternity in mind, like Joseph did. He wasn't just thinking about the here and now and all the luxuries that he was able to accumulate there in Egypt. Look, I'm thankful for the things that we can have in this world, but let's not get too attached to them, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service. So Joseph shows us that we should focus on our future deliverance and not just on the here and now. I realize that the here and now is right before us. It's what we're experiencing. 
But as you know, these moments are fleeting and what lies beyond us in heaven is something to really live for. Now these three men, with all their challenges and weaknesses, stayed faithful to the end. Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all of them. May the Lord help us stay faithful to him to the end as well. And to finish strong, to keep our eyes on eternity, and to trust not our feelings, but God's word instead. And let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to be here tonight to study these men. Thank you for their faith. Lord, I maybe would have chosen different things to put there, but Lord, in your wisdom and in the inspiration of of the Holy Spirit, Lord, you decided to put these in there for us to help us to think not just about the here and now, but the future. Lord, help us to trust your word over our feelings. That's always, or that's, that's very difficult to do sometimes, but help us. Give us strength to do that. And then, Father, help us, Lord, to focus on our future deliverance that one day we're going to be out of here. And so as a result, Lord, help us to finish strong like Jacob did. In spite of all the things that were in his past, Lord, he decided that he was going to end well. Help us, Lord, to end well. And, uh, Lord, we need to make that decision starting now so that when we come to the end of our race, 